0: Hi, my name is Ariane. I'm a traveler, and I run a travel blog. Join me each week as I discover life, love, and the world. This is my Wonderlust Journey podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Wonderlust Journey podcast. It's been a little while since I recorded my last podcast. I've kind of taken a little bit of a mental break, I guess you could say, the last few weeks, especially with this coronavirus, COVID-19 situation. It's been a very challenging time, I've been finding. Obviously, it's impacted travel quite a lot for millions of people around the world. Personally, I had four trips canceled due to the COVID-19 situation. In April, I was supposed to be on the Koningsdam. It was kind of like a West Coast inaugural, I guess you could say, going from uh, San Diego up to Vancouver On a Holland America cruise, that was obviously cancelled. May, I was going to be heading to Oslo, Norway, getting on another cruise, seeing bits of Germany, France, and then ending in Southampton and then onwards to London and then home. That one was also (laughs) cancelled. In July, I had a Baltic cruise planned. And then also to go see the british grand prix for an f1 race again i did cancel that one just because the formula one race was not going to go ahead with spectators and with the COVID 19 situation i have also been put inactive with my regular job as a travel agent so financially The trip just didn't make sense for me. Also, because I am inactive, I did make the decision to also postpone. (laughs) So it's not happening this year and dates will be announced when I'm back active, but it also didn't make sense to have a river cruise go forward in September when I would have to be promoting it through this time, which... If you're anything like me, I'm very sensitive to the fact that it's just not a good time to be really promoting travel in certain aspects. So, yeah. (laughs) So, four of my trips this year have unfortunately been cancelled and or postponed. Baltic Cruise, I'm looking at rebooking for 2022. They just didn't have a... Itinerary that matched up to that one. So, looks like 2022 is when I'll be redoing the Baltic cruise idea. And then, yeah, we'll see what happens. So, at this point, the only trip I have on the books is hopefully in December. And that is hopefully when I'll be able to go to Nepal. The plan is to do the Everest Base Camp Trek, which I am super excited for. It's quite adventurous, and if you know me, very out of my normal realm. (laughs) I am a little bit more of a luxury traveler, so it's definitely going to be roughing it, which I am getting mentally prepared for, but it's also a bit of an adventure and a... Personal trip. And I did kind of mention this on Instagram. And what that means is that I'm actually kind of doing it in a way for my dad. He passed away from a very sudden heart attack at the age of 56. So taken way too young, in my opinion. And he was, he brought myself and my brother up in the mountains he raised us from a very young age i mean i was 1 years old and i already had my first ski pass to apex alpine in penticton bc uh, so yeah so i was raised in the mountains this to me is going to be an epic trip in more ways than one and yeah i'm kind of doing it for him i'm planning on trekking with some of his ashes and really dedicating my trek to my dad so i'm scared i'm not going to lie it's i know it's going to be physically challenging mentally challenging the altitude alone is higher than some planes fly Kalapatar, you're looking at a height of over 18,000 feet above sea level, which is crazy. And it's higher than any of the mountains on continental Europe. So, And even just to be standing in the presence of the world's tallest mountain, I think is going to be quite a humbling experience, quite a powerful experience. And I think if I kind of look back on the past few weeks, it's something that has kind of given me a little bit more clarity, I guess you could say. And what I guess I've been kind of craving, putting things into perspective. So yeah, so that's a little bit about my trips that were supposed to happen this year and the trip that I do have planned this year that will hopefully still go through. And then because this is going to be my respective third and fourth time through Hong Kong, hopefully, going to Kathmandu. I'm going to be taking in some sites that I didn't do the last two times. The first time I was in Hong Kong, it was a forced layover. So we were able to go into Hong Kong and check out the Star Ferry and the laser light show and all those types of things. And then the second time I went to Hong Kong, I actually didn't go into Hong Kong. I went straight from the airport to Macau and then back. Seeing Hong Kong in a bit of a different light, I guess you could say. It's going to be a little bit more of a foodie tour is what I've got planned for myself. And then another surprise, which I will be sharing probably when I'm on the trip. But yeah, so super exciting and can't wait to share more about that. But today's episode is all about how COVID-19 has changed travel. If you've had trips planned for this period of time, it's been a very frustrating time. So please keep in mind that these are my personal opinions These do not necessarily reflect companies that I have worked with or worked for in the past. These are just, again, my personal opinions. How do I think COVID-19 has changed travel? I think it's changed travel for the good and for the bad. So, obviously, this situation, we've never seen a pandemic that has caused this much chaos and disruption in the travel industry. We've gone through swine flu, Zika virus, September 11th, SARS. We have gone through situations before that has impacted travel, but I don't think we've seen anything that's impacted travel and the travel industry on this scale ever. I've been chatting with friends and some people who have worked for airlines and whatnot, and again, no one has seen anything on this level before. Obviously, because of the situation, there's a lot of people that are frustrated with airlines, suppliers, and it's been a very trying period, especially in my career. Let's kind of dive into a few of the questions that I received on Instagram. The most asked question was in regards to airlines and some of the suppliers and Asking about vouchers, future travel credits, and refunds. So I'm going to give you my honest opinion on this topic. I've had some clients that have asked for refunds, which yes, I totally understand. I've had some clients that are happy with future travel credits. I will say this about the future travel credits that I've seen being offered most of the future travel credits have been much more lucrative than even than refunds obviously refunds you're going to get your money back keep in mind that with refunds it's taking suppliers anywhere between 30 60 90 being told now 120 days to see refunds if you're patient <laughs> you'll definitely get your refund If you're entitled to a refund that is, but there's also the vouchers and future travel credits, future travel credits that I have seen from cruise lines, tour suppliers, day trip operators, uh, some hotels, even they've been pretty generous in their future travel credits. And typically... If you put money in the bank, your return is between one, three, five percent. Now, with the future travel credits, a lot of these companies are offering between 110. That's the lowest I've seen up to 125, 130 It could be 125 with some perks added in. I've seen, I I know my future travel credit with a certain supplier was 125% with a 20% discount when I rebooked. So, really, when you're actually looking at a future travel credit, Yes, you do have to travel with that certain supplier again or certain cruise line or tour operator, but here's the thing, like you're actually getting a return on your investment in a way. If you know you're going to travel again, you typically book a travel provider that you enjoy to travel with anyways, or who you've booked through a travel agent that They know that they can trust that travel supplier to give you a good travel experience. So taking a future travel credit, in my opinion, is not a bad way to go. In fact, I have clients who are very happy with their future travel credits and who have even rebooked their trips to next year. Vouchers. So a lot of airlines right now, especially in Canada, they're not offering refunds. So what we have been given are travel vouchers to use those funds in the future towards flights. I know a lot of people are frustrated with that. (laughs) Believe me, I would rather have the cash back myself for some of my flights. However, I do understand that I am going to be traveling again in the future. Again, it's just money that is sitting there waiting for me to be spent on future travel. I know I'm going to travel again, but here's the thing. If the future travel credits or vouchers are an issue, this is where your travel insurance or why you should get travel insurance in the future is really important. Again, I had clients who they were able to get refunds through their cruise line because the cruise did offer refunds because they canceled the cruise. However, the airlines were not giving refunds, just the vouchers. They were able to claim through their travel insurance to get the money back and discard the voucher through the airlines. Again, travel insurance is really, really important. And honestly, I can say that this situation has really showed the value in travel insurance. It's crazy how some clients have always said to me, no, I don't need travel insurance. I'm definitely going 100%. You know, nothing's going to stop me from going. Well, this situation kind of stopped everybody from going. (laughs) I mean, it's terrible to say, but it's the truth. I've never in my life, and I don't think anybody else has seen anything like this, So having travel insurance and that peace of mind is, I can't even tell you how I think grateful some of my clients have been that I've really suggested travel insurance and given scenarios of reasons why this will be a scenario that I will be using for years to come now. That travel insurance really should be non-negotiable when it comes to your trip planning and trip budgeting. It's so important to protect your investment and making sure that if you did want to get all your cash back and not have it sit in vouchers or future travel credits, this is a way where you can make sure that you are going to get everything back. So another question I had through my Instagram DMs was, do you think this will actually drive the cost of travel up? Yes and no. <laughs> I do believe that the airlines are really going to need to win the consumer back and really gain trust and loyalty again. So what I mean by that is I think we're going to see a period of time where flights will definitely be very attractive pricing wise, just to try to get people traveling again. I do think that there will be, to begin with, a lot of social media buzz around how the different airlines, and believe me, I've already kind of seen it with a few, (laughs) The, the social media buzz about how they're keeping their cabins clean and what they're doing to help protect and what they're offering as like a little amenity kit with, say, hand sanitizer, a mask antibacterial wipes so you can make sure that for your peace of mind that the area has been fully sanitized so you can wipe down again if if necessary. So I do think that we're going to see as travel starts to ramp up again that a lot of the airlines and suppliers are going to start showing how people are going to travel in a new normal. Do I think things are going to get back to what they used to be? To be honest, I actually hope not because I have opened up airplane tray tables and they're disgustingly filthy. I actually really hope that they take time to clean the planes a little bit better than what has been a very quick turnaround normally. Does that cost extra money and gate fees for the plane sitting there? Does it cost more for people to go through the planes and clean? Yes. Do I think those costs will be passed on to the passengers? Of course. But I do think that to begin with, to get people traveling, there will be some pretty good deals. Gaining the peace of mind and the trust of the consumer right now is going to be huge. And whichever airline can do that to the best ability, I think will prosper the most. Next question. Do you think people will book more last minute travel because of the COVID-19 situation? Yes. (laughs) I actually do think that people are going to book a lot more last minute getaways. I think right now we're going to see a ramp up of domestic travel because that's what's really going to start opening sooner than later. I know here in British Columbia, in Canada, where I am, things are already starting to open very, very slowly I know in places like in Europe, France, Italy, they're already starting to allow domestic travel and also inter-European travel. So I do think that we will see more of a domestic travel start first, and then I think it's going to start opening up from there internationally. But I think international will come a little bit later. Also, I think most countries are taking a wait and see approach as to if there is going to be a second wave. So I think right now I would be cautiously optimistic to say that by August, September, that international travel will very slowly start to be available to people. But again, that's being cautiously optimistic. I do think that'll really kind of start ramping up, hopefully, September, October, November probably in time for what I would call the sun season. So that would be where the Northern hemisphere wants to get that much needed sunshine when our winter starts. So I also had a question about whether or not to use a travel agent or travel advisor and if that actually creates more of a go between. Okay. So of course I'm biased because I am a travel agent Honestly, when everything really hit hard, we were the ones that had the ability to help people when the airlines weren't even accepting phone calls because their lines were so busy. So do I believe there's value in travel agents? Of course I do. Do I think that this is going to change our industry? Yeah, it definitely will. I've spoke to many people who have said that they wish they actually booked their trip through a travel agent instead of trying to do it on their own. Because at least through all this, they had somebody on their side to walk them through what needed to be done, who did they need to contact for insurance purposes, automatically we were able to tell them, okay, so this is how much your travel voucher is worth with the certain airline, or yes, you're able to get a refund through this travel supplier, or here's what your future travel credit on your cruise is worth. So I think that having a travel advisor is really, really important and I'm actually really proud to say that I am a travel agent, and yeah, I am technically inactive right now, which means that I'm like a pilot, I just don't have a plane to fly. (laughs) So eventually when it starts to get busy again, and people start to look to book travel, I will be ready to get back and start booking people's next dream trips. As of right now, I'm taking this time to really, as I mentioned before, kind of focus on a few few of my projects, such as recording new podcasts, that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I love my job and I think no matter what I do, I will always... Be a travel agent or a travel advisor going forward. It's definitely a passion of mine. Travel is a passion. So that will always have space in my career portfolio, so to speak. So I do believe that that passion also helps our clients I know that I've been able to give several clients tips and tricks and, and whatnot to helping them plan perfect vacations. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to get, getting back into helping people plan their dream holidays. And I do believe that yes, travel agents and travel advisors, there's a lot of positive aspects So another question I had through Instagram was how do you think bookings will change going forward? So I do think that there will be changes in how people actually book their trips going forward. I think a lot of people will now be a lot less reluctant to book non-refundable rates. So what I mean by that is I think a lot of people will now look towards booking only refundable rates when it comes to hotels or making sure that any deposits, things like that, either their lifetime deposits, future travel credits, and or refundable. So I think that people are going to change in that regard. How They book their travel so that it can either be changeable or almost kind of like a built-in insurance where their investment is protected. Another way I think that people are going to change is I think people are going to take a little bit more of a wait and see approach. So what I mean by that is I'll give you a personal example. So my tour is booked for Everest Base Camp. However, I have not booked my flights. (laughs) I'm not planning on booking my flights for quite some time. (laughs) I've booked my hotels. Those are 100% refundable. I have booked transfers, again, refundable through the, uh, I actually got a great package through both of the hotels that I've booked because I have status with Marriott Bonvoy. So I am doing a bit of a luxury pre and post in Kathmandu, but I think people will, anything that is refundable or that they know they're not going to lose money they will definitely book ahead of time to make sure that they're going to get the best deal because I think that is how cruise lines, tour operators, they're really going to push that, which I have seen a lot of cruise lines and tour operators for 2021, 2022 so far. They really have started to push out a lot of amazing deals for people that do want to book right now. So I do think that the bigger purchases, so to speak. They're going to have a little bit more security around them, peace of mind policies, so to speak. But I think you'll see that people, and this is where I think the flight prices will come into it, is that a lot of people, when it comes to actually booking flights, they will wait because of the whole voucher situation. Unfortunately, a lot of people they think that that was almost a burn, so they don't want to go through that again. So I do think that again tours, cruises, those types of things, we will see people book those activities years in advance like we like we always have. However, I do think that most consumers when it comes to flights they will actually book those a little bit closer to departure to make sure that their trip is actually number one going to happen. Number two, that they don't get stuck with just a travel credit and or trying to get the best price on flights, etc. Another way that I do think that travel is going to change from now on is people are definitely going to value a smaller group experience. So what I mean by that is people are still wanting a level of social or physical distancing. So I think we're going to see a lot more popularity in the way of small group tour experiences over the more larger groups. I think the more smaller intimate cruise lines that have a more space to guest ratio will definitely be doing better than say a mega cruise ship that it's they're packing close to 5,000 guests on board a ship. I think that there's definitely going to be a market for that still. However, I think for most people looking to travel in the next year to two years, I think we'll be a little bit more aware of space And what the different companies are offering in regards to social distancing or physical distancing. Also, again, I kind of mentioned this before with the airlines, but I think this kind of stands out for any tour operator or cruise line. They're really going to have to start demonstrating on their social media platforms, on their websites, different ways of how they're planning on keeping the ships clean and keeping areas sanitized. For instance, I know of a couple cruise lines that have said that for the first few cruises, the buffet areas are actually not even going to be open. I know of a few cruise lines that they will be, the buffet areas will be staffed, so it will be actual service. Which if you've been on a cruise ship where they've had a Norwalk virus outbreak on the cruise previous or something like that, or if they've done a specific cleaning, I know some cruise lines, even the first few days, even if it's nothing's happened the previous cruise. The first few days typically it's they serve you at the buffet. The tongs and whatnot are actually not out for people to use. So they they're just more highly staffed, and you'll just point to what you want and then they'll serve you onto your plate. So I think we're gonna see changes in that. I also think that it will be mandatory when you enter any dining room, dining room, buffet, any area. That you will need to either wash your hands and or use the antibacterial sprays or gels. Some cruise lines I've been on, they're already amazing at that and I applaud them. And I think the other cruise lines will definitely have to follow suit. I do think we're going to see a lot of changes in how even the cruise lines right now are going to have to start to promote and what changes they've implemented to make people feel secure in cruising again. That being said, the ships are very clean because the cruise lines have taken such a hit in this situation. I think that they really do want to win back the trust of the consumers. So I think we are going to see the cleanest ships for a very long time, hopefully, (laughs) that we've ever seen. So I'm actually excited to cruise again. I mean, if I could literally hop on a cruise ship September, October, November, I would, if I could (laughs) not going to happen, unfortunately, but I do think we are going to see that because that was probably the industry that has taken the worst beating out of everybody that they're going to have to really make sure that when they come back, they come back strong and really make sure that people are a hundred percent confident that they're going to have a great time cruising. So I do think that that is going to change. and I think that's actually a great change in my opinion. So I've also talked to a lot of people, and again, it's been a very emotional time for a lot of people a lot of people have had to put trips to the side that they've been looking forward to for years some trips have been 50th wedding anniversary trips some trips have been mother daughter trips some trips have been some trips have been you know personal gifts to Themselves because they've either met an accomplishment within their life and they said, you know what, if I do this, I'm giving myself a trip to Paris. So, you know, I have seen a lot of people get quite disappointed that they're not able to travel. I totally understand how people feel. It's also been a stressful time. I don't think any of us have ever had to self-isolate being forced to actually stay in our homes with our immediate families by the government in our lifetime, especially for people my age. I've never had to self-isolate before. It's been a very interesting, emotional, up-and-down time. I've been asked for tips and tricks on how I've been able to stay positive during this time and what I do to kind of help my travel itch, I guess you could say. (laughs) So honestly, though I know a lot of people have had a lot of canceled vacation days, so what my biggest recommendation for those people are, especially if you have been working from home and you've not necessarily had the best work from home routine, I know for myself, it makes a huge difference to get up in the morning, go for a walk, do some journaling, and then actually get ready for work and then physically sit at a desk and not on a couch and really kind of do my work at a proper workstation. Even though I have been inactive for a few weeks now, I still get up early in the morning. First thing I do is I do my gratitude journaling. I then go out for a walk. And then when I come back, I then have my coffee, shower, get ready for my so-called workday, which is really about writing blogs, podcast episodes, research, that kind of thing, and my passion projects. So that's really what I've been doing. But I think having a structured workday is definitely one of my top kind of tricks to making sure that you've got that normality within your life. And then when the workday is over... It's okay to then go for another walk or something to clear your mind. So having that proper workspace and then moving into, say, like your living room area, if that's your couch or your kitchen or, but having that physical area where you can say, okay, this is my workspace and then moving out of that area after you're done work kind of has the same effect I'm finding as if I was actually physically going into an office and then coming home. And you can even change into work clothes in the morning. I know a lot of people do that. Myself, I am a little bit more casual these days. (laughs) So I know some people, they do actually get dressed in their work clothes, sit down for work, and then actually work and then get changed into more comfier clothes and pour themselves a glass of wine once they're actually physically done their work day and have clocked out, so to speak. So I think having that, and then if you have canceled vacation days and you're feeling the extra pressure, because I don't have kids. I can't imagine what some of these parents are going through right now, having the kids full-time at home as well. So you know what? If you need to take a vacation day as a mental health day, do it. You know, we're now at a point where things are starting to open up slowly. I know here in BC, this week was the first time that we were able to add another person to our social circle and i think that there are going to be a lot of ideas for staycations and i think for the next few months next couple months at least here in canada i think that's going to be the most popular avenue of travel is like i said Before, domestically, I think we're going to have a lot more travel opportunities than internationally coming up. And our summers here in Canada, I'm going to be honest, they're not that bad. So it's not a bad place to be stuck. (laughs) Being biased at all. (laughs) You know, over the next couple months, is there a place within the country that you haven't been before? Maybe you want to take a look at those types of vacations. I mean, Honestly, I am so excited to have the summer at home. Now that I actually have a summer at home, I'm looking forward to doing quite a few hikes. I've been doing some intense walks as it is right now because I am trying to get trained for the Everest Base Camp Trek So I am so excited for the parks to start reopening so that I can go on some pretty amazing hikes because we do have some amazing hikes here in British Columbia. I'm excited for our national parks to hopefully reopen soon. I'm planning on taking a few trips to family cabins up in the Shushwap area. So it's going to be, for me, I'm really looking forward to the summer and I'm excited to kind of be a tourist in my own country again. I've actually been really wanting to go and spend some time in the Rocky Mountains again, and it's been a few years since I've done that. So I'd love to plan another trip to see The Rockies and explore some of the mountains that way again. It's been so long. So again, now that things are starting to open, yes, it's very unfortunate that, you know, people have had to cancel vacations, but I do think that there are ways that if you have had to cancel vacations, just make sure that you're taking that time for yourself, especially through this time. Take the opportunity to support local anywhere that you are, there's lots of opportunities to really play a tourist in your own town, in your own province, in your own state, wherever you are. There are those opportunities to play a tourist in your own area. And I think that we take that for granted sometimes. No matter where we are in the world, people come and visit our cities, towns as tourists. I think that is also another valid point that tourism is so global and everybody really has seen an impact because of the lack of tourism. So if you are thinking about things to do, really support local within your own community. I think that's first and foremost. When we are able to travel again, we will travel again, which hopefully will be sooner than later. (laughs) I did ask for some feedback on Instagram because I was sharing photos from previous trips and if people were okay with that. And it was an overwhelming response that, yes, you did want to still see travel content, which is why I am still here. (laughs) So I really want to still kind of promote that dreaming stage, I guess you could say. And that's what a lot of you kind of said, that you found my posts, a breath of fresh air between the negativity that the COVID situation was kind of bringing It's okay to dream. Don't feel that you shouldn't be thinking about travel right now. It's normal. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a very like-minded individual to myself and to my friends, which we're travelers at heart. It actually breaks my heart that we can't travel right now. (laughs) And all my friends that I've been talking to, it's like, ugh. When are we going to be able to travel again? And, you know, where's your first trip as soon as you're able to travel? So I do think that, you know, it is okay to start dreaming right now of travel in 2021 and definitely travel in 2022. I know a few of my friends, we already have our bucket lists and what we would love to do next year and even in 2022, scary enough. And it's fun to be like, oh, did you see this YouTube video on this? Oh, I want to go there. So it's been a really interesting time where maybe some of us haven't had that much time to look into certain places before or, you know, have certain inspirations. So I do think that the dreaming stage is important and it's okay to dream. So I'm going to wrap up this podcast with one final question about travel insurance. So if I book my trip now and I want to travel in two months, but it's canceled because of COVID-19, am I covered with travel insurance? So I'm going to be honest, COVID-19 is now considered a known event. So the likelihood that your trip will be covered by a travel insurance provider, if you were to book say tomorrow for say September, And then it being canceled because of COVID, you may or may not be covered. That is my honest opinion, because it is now a known event. We've seen this before with travel insurance providers in the past, where if there is a known event, travel insurance will not cover you. That being said... (laughs) From what I understand, there are travel insurance companies that now have riders for COVID that they are covering. It is something that you need to speak with your travel provider about or your travel agent and make sure that you are covered if you do want or have to travel in the next few months and we're going to get a lot more clarification from travel insurance providers and companies as to what will be covered going forward if there is a rider that will be included etc going forward once people have stopped the cancellation phase which we're seeing and more into the booking phase. So I would definitely say to chat with your travel agent about your individual need and get the answer specifically for your situation, because I think right now it's going to be very situational on how travel insurance will cover COVID-19 and going forward. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode on how I believe COVID 19 has changed travel and the travel industry. And I wanted to give an update, of course, on my situation. And again, as I've mentioned a few times, I am currently technically inactive as a travel agent right now, but that doesn't mean that I have stopped writing and blogging. I just gave myself a little bit of a creative break, so to speak. So I am happy to say I'm back, and there will be podcasts going forward now every week. I've got some great guests coming up, and it's been a really invigorating couple weeks that I've had, and I actually think I needed it. So a staycation actually kind of did me good. (laughs) But as I said, I am technically inactive as a travel agent. However, that doesn't mean that I can't touch base with you and put you on my wait list. And what that means is the moment that I am able to start booking travel, I will put you on my wait list and we will get together by Zoom or in person if you're local to me and we will get your dream vacation booked for you. And I'm also really excited to announce that I will be launching a YouTube channel later this year. So again, I've taken the last two weeks to really kind of look at where I want to take my wonderless Journey blog, podcast, and what I would like to see from it in the next five years. And I think the natural progression of adding video is something that I'm quite excited about, really because I started to do some research on some places myself. And of course, where do I go to do some of that research? I go to YouTube. (laughs) I'm a very visual person. So I like to kind of see a place before I visit. And I've noticed that for some destinations that I've already traveled and some destinations that I will be traveling to, there's a bit of a gap in the market, so to speak. So I am super excited and I am doing some personal growth and learnings in video and video editing right now. So yeah, so I'm really excited to be launching that. That will be later this year. So right now I will be focusing on launching more podcast episodes. So stay tuned every Wednesday because there will now be a new podcast episode going forward. And thank you again so much for listening. I really appreciate everybody who has sent me messages on Facebook and Instagram and emails. I really do appreciate. Everybody. So thank you. And again, I just want to say thank you to everyone for all your continued support. It's been so encouraging, and I'm so excited to see where everything goes from here. I also want to take this time to thank Skillshare for supporting this podcast. Skillshare, I have actually been using for the past few weeks myself and have really appreciated having a two month free trial of their premium account. With Skillshare, I've been really learning how to utilize YouTube, how to create a YouTube creator account, and really get the most of how to grow a YouTube channel. There's tons of different videos on Skillshare and courses. So, if you're looking to grow your social media accounts, such as Instagram, or learn a new skill, such as painting or drawing, photography, there's so many different courses available. And right now, if you do click on the link in my Instagram bio or on my website under podcasts, you'll actually see a link where you yourself can get a free two-month premium trial to Skillshare. If you have any questions, send me a DM and I'd love to tell you more about it. I hope you found today's episode on how COVID-19 has changed travel helpful and inspiring. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review and share this podcast with friends. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, or if you have any topics in mind you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please email me at podcast at or send me a message on Instagram at wonderlessjourney.ca. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week.